Hey there, my name is Philip. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Record Conversations on the Creative Landscape. Today with us, Katarina Mira from London. I think it's great to live in the moment, but it's also good to keep challenging yourself. She's an actress, slash influencer, slash model, slash photographer, slash businesswoman. So um, a lot of things to talk about. Um, she's originally from Portugal. And uh, we're going to talk about um, her upbringing, her st um, the places. And we're going to talk about the way she's developed her career. She has some super interesting opinions, especially about the influencer market, uh, the acting market. So go ahead, check it out and subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is Philip. We're back with our podcast today with Katarina Mira from London. Um, she's based in uh, the city of film and creativity, but actually coming out of Portugal. Um, she was a um, Disney presenter in her early life, um, an actress, and now she's uh, also a model, photographer, influencer, so an all-around creative person. Welcome, Katarina. Glad to have you here. Hello. What Hi. a lovely introduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, many, so many labels. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, of course, uh, trying to describe without putting actual um, labels on a person, but somehow you got to work your way, way around it. Could you maybe um, just introduce yourself to the audience, please? Yeah. So it's actually quite hard sometimes to say what I do because I, I'm lucky to like a, a variety of things so sometimes I also have that same problem I don't really know um, how to present myself I don't really say oh I'm an actress only because I also write I also photograph um, but basically you you've done a good job you you know I'm Portuguese <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I've been I'm in London uh, I've been in London for the last eight years so this also feels like home because I've spent most of my adult life in here um, I will never stop being an actress because that's just something I love, but it's not my main um, occupation right now. Mm -hmm. uh, content creation is what I uh, do and what I do for a living. Um, and is also something that allows me to tell stories. So in a way it is connected. Um, I do all my photography, all my filming. Uh, I'm just a, a one woman show, basically. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you already told me in our first conversation we had yesterday when we prepared this this uh, this recording that all of the stuff you do, basically, um, not just in this time right now when no you know shootings or no regular shootings are are possible like they were before, that you do everything by yourself together with the brands you're working with. Um, maybe you can um, give a little introduction to this photography part of yours. How how did you get there? How did you start with photography? And um, how did you buy your first camera? Yeah, so photography has been in my life for a, a long time, um, more as a hobby. Um, and when this kind of became my job, I looked back and realized I actually had been taking photos for more than 10 years because the first time I bought a camera and um, I was 14 years old. I had just finished my first film and I had um, a bit of money and I was obviously a teenager, uh, didn't have any responsibilities, didn't have rent to pay or anything like that. So I decided to use that um, first paycheck to buy a camera mm -hmm. and just explore that side of um, that skill, basically. Well, it wasn't really a skill, just a curiosity. 
Um, and back then, you know, you would have the, you know, the odd blog or you would have um, the the first social medias, the MySpaces and all of that, where I would share my photos. Everything was kind of just something that I did for fun. But I carried on on uh, feeding that passion. And then early early this year, I early last year, I just, I was thinking how how did this become my job because it now is quite natural and I, it's just something I, I always carry a camera around and I, I'm always looking out for what might be interesting to shoot um, and without realizing I have been doing this for a long time so maybe that's why now it's so um, natural for me and it's something that I do so um, it's not really um, you know a, a task or it, it's not something that I uh, it's not a burden. It's just something I mm. completely do for, for pleasure. And then I think the the phrase that everyone says that everyone is a photographer um, is, is is true because you have so many options nowadays um, to capture um, images. There's phones, there's uh, digital, but there's also film photography that is coming back as well. And I just like to explore every single um medium that are available for me so i i i shoot in analog i shoot in digital um i shoot with my phone some of my best content sometimes is just stuff stuff that i don't even plan and i just take a photo with my phone and then suddenly i realize that photo is as beautiful as something that i took with my like as you um it doesn't necessarily <laughs> i sometimes say to a chef you would never ask what's the brand of your oven mm-hmm. if their food is good True. It's the same thing with photography. You will never ask, oh, what's your... Well, people do ask, oh, what's your camera? What camera do you use? But that ultimately is, is quite irrelevant because you can do great photography with um, many different tools. That's a that's right? a super, super interesting thought um, or the comparison with the chef. Uh, it's the first time I'm hearing this, um, but I'm pretty sure I will memorize it for the future because obviously running a, a photo, video creator um, community you know there's a lot of people um, that say like okay you know are there only people with the camera here what about the people that take mobile photos are they not on the platform um, it's a it's a pretty good argument for everybody who sees the world like you do um, I, I'm not the author of that quote I'm not really sure who said it but I think I saw that somewhere and it really stuck with me as well um, so, so yeah, I just think you, you have to, um, creativity is not about the tool you have. It's about your, uh, your, your curiosity about the world and how you look at things from a perspective that might be missed by others. So it's more about your intuition and it's kind of like a natural flow. Um, I don't think there's many rules. There isn't an algorithm. There isn't one size fits all it's um about training your eye and just taking loads and loads of pictures and suddenly you start realizing that you have a style you have a certain subject that you like more you have a certain light that you are more attracted to and those things do change throughout time as well but it's fun to have that journey i sometimes get people getting in touch with me on social media asking advice in terms of um, photography and it's really hard to you know to give a formula to anyone there isn't one um, and I'm lucky to love exploring that so it, it's not really something that is um, 
you know, is not really a, a burden. As I said before, it's just something I really love exploring. I'm not sure if I'm replying to your answer, but yeah. this is where I went. <laughs> <laughs> your question, sorry. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You know, it's a, it's a good reply anyways. Let us uh, jump um, in time. So 19, you're born 1991. So um, yeah. you were 14 <laughs> when you bought your first camera. So 2005. You everyone, you told everyone my age. But I'm sorry, fine. but it's I'm it's kidding. but it's on it's on your website, I think, or it's on IMDb. Um, obviously, oh, I did my research. So 2005, you, you bought your first camera. Um, mm-hmm. What did you do before that to? already be able to make a, a good budget as an actress how, how did that come to life um, well I was a child so I didn't have to worry about making uh, loads of money um, I it was another thing that I did um, as a as a passion because I was allowed to I had um, I have two amazing parents that always allowed me to explore um, different forms of art and when When I was 12 years old, I did a music video with my brother and my brother is a musician, a rapper, producer. And at the time, the director that was doing his music video um, asked me if I wanted to audition for this TV series he was doing. And that was my first job as an actress, which was, again, quite uh, unexpected. And um, all all I did as an actress then was just what my intuition was telling me. Um, I didn't necessarily have any training. I didn't do any child acting, theater club or anything like that. But I did used to dance. So I, I think I've always loved the the performing arts. And just, I think, as I said, my family always gave me the space to be that person. I know I speak to friends and I know sometimes people aren't that lucky. And, you know, um, our parents want us to have a more stable um future or choose a career that is going to be a bit more um a bit more solid because it is quite tough to be a creative and it is definitely really hard to be an actress and that's probably why I'm not really acting anymore because it's a, it's a really tough industry um but yeah so after that series I've done a I did a few jobs and and I landed on that on that film that um allowed me to have a bit of money to to buy my first camera my mom I was 14 years old so I didn't really have um independence about um regarding what to do with the money but my mom allowed me to to use it for what i wanted to do and i think it it was quite smart because in a way she was feeding another interest of mine and i think it's important to uh, let children um pursue their interests and and explore that uh, freely absolutely i fully agree i think especially in the creative world i mean i don't know how many creative people are out there that never became creatives because they were um, they were put like in this in this idea of how you have to grow up in society and how you have to you know get a re- like a, a real job um, like some people say and you know um, make sure you have a, a stable income etc. So I, f- I fully agree with that. Um, so you just said you d- you didn't do any training uh, when you were at that age, but you you attended some sort of or you you had training at a later point right when you when you yeah. when you moved to london maybe can you let me know why um did you you know change your mind on 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 getting training or why did you you know do it back 
back then in, in London, when you came to London? Well, because I was very young when I started working, I, um, I also had job after job because it's a very small industry. And once you kind of start working, things flow naturally. Um, and throughout uh, my uh, Disney TV show, I was also in university studying journalism because I loved writing as well. And um, at the time, I have no idea why I didn't go to acting school then, but I had in my mind that the acting um, university, basically the conservatoire, I don't really know how to say it, uh, was um, in my mind was a bit outdated. So I didn't really want to spend three years of my life um, going through that system. So I decided to explore something else that I also loved. And to be honest, I, I, this is just the universe putting things together because that course was actually very useful for me nowadays um, to be able to write. But uh, when I turned 21, I had been working for quite a while in job after job, and I just decided I wanted to explore my career professionally and I wanted to um, explore my personal growth as well. So at 21, I decided to come to London and to come to an acting school. I came to London with the audition booked, but I didn't necessarily knew if I would get in, but I was ready to move to London regardless if I um, got into the school or not. Mm -hmm. uh, again, was a decision that I didn't really, I don't think I planned that much. <laughs> I just kind of came. Uh, it was, again, something that I've done kind of following my intuition. But I did get into the school, so that was good. Um and I, I did that course and it was useful. Um, it was useful, but in a way, I think I, I, London has been amazing, but in a way, I think I lost that first layer of confidence, confidence that you have as a, as a child actor, where you are completely free of um, your inner critic. Uh, as soon as you start um, trying to give structure to your um, natural ability to do stuff, sometimes you do lose the rawness of your talent and I think that has been a bit diluted in me um, obviously as well dealing with a different industry and with um, a lot of rejection um, and, and a lot of competition also had an impact on me getting a bigger inner critic and, um, and not being able to achieve stuff that I would achieve um, earlier on um, but that's why I came to, to England to kind of, um, I don't know, I just wanted to validate what I was doing and, and be able to say I am an actress. Um, and I felt like I needed to have some kind of a, of a diploma. And then I, I carried on studying. I still study nowadays, but um, just because I really enjoy being in, uh, surrounded by other actors. So nowadays I go to drop in classes every Friday. Well, when we are not on in lockdown. Um and I do this technique called Meisner technique. It doesn't really matter, but but it's something that I still I still really enjoy doing. I also went to LA for a few uh, months to do another course there, um, and I really enjoy learning. I will always carry on, you know, pursuing um, um, pursuing more education in in different um, areas, not only acting. But I just think acting is something I'll never. Um, leave behind even though I'm not working as an actress so that's why I get so much pleasure just by attending drop-in classes. I mean it might also help you a lot with the work you're doing right now you're working a lot with brands who are sending you products um, to um, you know to work with them as an influencer I, I guess you're you're acting 
um, skill might have impacted that as well, right? Um, I guess so. Um, so, so it's a it, it's it's complicated because I will uh, to to my acting uh, world, <laughs> it sometimes is hard to say that I'm an influencer. First of all, the, the just the label influencer has so many negativity attached. Yes, that yes, is sometimes hard to label yourself as one. But I'm not really sure what else I can call myself. But yeah, so sometimes people seem to take me less seriously if I say I'm an influencer um, when I'm in within the acting world. Uh, but within um, the influencing world, I think just being comfortable in front of the camera, being comfortable communicating, uh, being comfortable. Um, I'm not really someone that talks on stories. I'm just not that kind of um, uh, internet person. Mm. Um, I prefer my storytelling to be done other ways. Even, I don't know, I, I much prefer writing or if I'm talking, I rather it is a piece instead of, me on stories talking to the audience i wish i was more comfortable with with that but i've also came to terms with um the fact that i'm just not that kind of um, influencer i'm just not the person that grabs a camera and feels comfortable just talking to a phone um but then if you give me a self-tape to do to my phone i'll be 100 percent comfortable it's really weird my yeah. brain works in, different, <laughs> in very I mean, at some point, you probably just switch to go mode you know and then you just you know start start creating yeah let us dive into this this influencer section a little bit more or i mean yeah. everybody listening might by now have understood that an influencer is not just like a person putting stuff into the camera and and that's it so um you seem like a very smart and and intelligent person thank you also this is something obviously um we were aware of because uh, our head of marketing she's also from from lisbon so this is why she suggested uh, talking to you because she's Thank been you. following you um, when she was when, when she was younger. Let us go into this influencer um, section. Mm -hmm. How did how did you get the first job as as an influencer? So I started blogging because again my acting life wasn't going as planned, and I felt like I needed something to channel some kind of creativity, just have something going on. And I started my blog, which is called Mira Me, because my surname is Mira. Um, And and that and in that space, I started exploring all 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 the stuff that I enjoy: interiors, fashion, beauty, cooking, politics, literature, um, just lifestyle in general, basically. Um, and I started doing that without, as any influencer does, without necessarily a, a business plan in mind. This is just mm -hmm. me being a friendly voice, telling people what I love. And if people like it, great. If they don't, that's also fine. But, you know, it started taking off and brands starting noticing me. I also pitched to brands. Um, this is something I, I know people sometimes feel uncomfortable doing. But I think I know my audience better than anyone. So mm. um, sometimes it's quite useful to um, get in touch with a brand and say, hi, this is me. Um, I would love to work with you. Um, and that's kind of also how it started. It was a mixture of brands coming to me to offer me products and me going to brands and say, hi, I already buy your product. I love your product. Would you like to um, you know, build a relationship with me? And maybe I can um, start creating content for you and we go from there. And at the time, none of that was paid, was just gifting. But um, with time, that led into a professional relationship. And with time, with my audience growing, with, you know, my, the quality of my content um, evolving as well, um, those brands that initially were just 
gifting me stuff then then started to um pay me i think the first mm. paid job i've done um was was um there's a famous brand of of slippers not slippers flip flops uh, which okay. is called avianas oh avianas everybody <laughs> you know yeah everyone had a pair at some point in time yeah so th- those were that was my first post and i was very excited when i got to uh, be paid for for taking a photo you know mm-hmm. uh, for doing something i already did and already loved i'm a natural sharer so i'm always sharing taking stuff. photos documenting life yeah and and i realized this is also some, something that comes from my um upbringing because my brother that's all is an artist and he always um, loved filming and he always had a vhs recorder a camcorder and he was always filming everything and my brother does this thing w- where he releases videos that I've never seen in my life of myself. <laughs> so he's always been documenting our lives and without us realizing. So I remember on my 18th birthday, uh, he released a video of me that I had never seen in my life. Uh, and I think that's quite wow. magical. That, that's so cool. I mean, it's such a cool present. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he says he has a few more. <laughs> also, I mean, it means he did it in a moment, you know, you, you, you were not aware, you know, that a camera was there. So it was like a real reflection of the way you are, which I think is super cool, super cool present. And I was a, a little child. I was like five or something. Hmm. So he waited until a certain moment to give me that present. And I think that's, that's very um, representative of his yeah. personality. Yeah, that's how I started, basically. And then now um, I also always had an acting agent in Portugal. And um, agencies then started realizing that their uh, celebrities, their um, you know models, their actors were suddenly being requested to do social media um, promotions and sponsored content. So they created a section within the agency uh, where they would also take care of you know um, digital um, campaigns. Uh, so having an, an agent then gave me um, gave me access to more brands gave me access as well to um, businesses that were a bit more um, long-term and gave me the... Probably also to, to, to bigger businesses, right? Yes, and just the tools to be able to negotiate because I think women in particular are quite um, hard on themselves in terms of uh, we're not really good at pricing ourselves and I'm not for sure. I will always underprice myself. So it's good to have someone that knows the industry, knows how much things cost, knows how much um, money the client has um, and says this is how much she will um, cost you, this mm-hmm. is how many posts she will do and have someone that has my back because sometimes it's really hard to manage all the politics between clients and, and, um, and yourself. So having someone that does that and I can just focus on creating, it's such a relief because sometimes it can be very toxic if you are in a disagreement, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. brands will want me to do something that has nothing to do with me. And I, from the beginning, I will say, this is not how I will work with you. This is, you know, I know that that will, that will not work within my platform. Here's my suggestion. If you like my suggestion, then maybe we can go ahead. And sometimes we'll go ahead, but still we'll have disagreements in terms of how to mm-hmm. communicate. And okay. that doesn't happen that often anymore. Um, it's great to have an agent, someone that manages um, your relationship with a client because sometimes it, it's easy to have someone else um, communicating with a client and you can just be free to, to create um, and I know sometimes 
it hurts how much agents take in terms of commission. Mm. <laughs> but um, in a way, people have to be paid for their jobs. And it's I value having someone that works with me as a, it's almost like a, a marriage, you know, mm. like you trust that person that they will fight for you and they will um, ask for what's right for you. Yeah, obviously. I mean, their pay also depends on it. Um, I guess it's uh, in their best interest. Yeah. When this influencer thing started, um, did you feel an impact about your person? Because you were also in Portugal, I would say a celebrity. Uh, you've been a, a Disney presenter on TV for a while, so for the for the Disney Channel, uh, Disney Kids, if I'm yeah. if I'm not mistaken. We all know there's a couple of people that worked for Disney, like Justin Timberlake or Britney Spears, you know, that became huge over the over the course of time. Um, how did this impact, you know, bookings or your career? Well, it's a different scale. Um, Portugal has 11 million um, yeah, people. Of course, so of course, yeah. Even though, yes, I was a bit known, um, I, I it wasn't at that scale. I remember uh, in Madrid once interviewing um, Miley Cyrus when she was doing mm. Hannah Montana and, and she looked at me because we were the same age and, She looked at me saying, wow, you're the youngest person here. But she would walk out, out of the door and, of course, you know, everyone would go crazy. And I was just another journalist, basically. I was just mm. doing a, a, an interview there. And that's absolutely fine. I really don't, um, I really don't aspire uh, becoming a, you know, a super celebrity. I would love to act. And I know with acting, sometimes that kind of recognition comes. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, you, you can have a, a, a very private life, even though you are kind of exposing yourself. Um, in terms of becoming an influencer, I don't really feel that at all. I don't feel like people will come up to me or, um, or you know, treat me. I, I don't think people will. I don't know. I don't know if that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah. did, did you have a, did you have a, uh, talking about the, you know, people coming up to you, did you have, what was like the, the most memorable influencer moment for you? Um, so I've made great friends online. People that uh, followed me then became my friends. I remember once being on a flight and a girl sat next to me um, and she, she, she shared that she followed me and we started talking. And it was very interesting because in a way we, because I, I also share a lot of books and recommendations um cultural recommendations you know films things like that then suddenly we started talking and we had so much common ground we had mm. read a lot of the same books we had um uh, seen a lot of the same films and she was moving to london and then suddenly i just i i felt like i i made a friend in that moment and mm. still to this day we are friends she's not she's a doctor and she's in the wards of covid so haven't seen her in a while um, but even today, you know, the photo shoot I was I was doing today, it was also a photographer that reached on um, Instagram. And because it's so uninspiring, this moment in history, because we are stuck at home. And even though I love my home, I'm very uninspired by mm -hmm. staying within these same walls all the time. It's so good to have other creatives getting in touch with me and saying, do you want to just like walk around and, and shoot something? And, and that's just so refreshing because you get to get out a bit of your comfort zone and, and just, um, just talk to other people and feed from them and 
and and get some inspiration from their work and sometimes it, it's all you need to give yourself a little restart so i'm really grateful for this platform for allowing me to connect with amazing amazing people and then having this community that that has served me so well that's that's um i mean that's great uh, I, i think uh, especially i I mean, a lot of people think only uh, online dating uh, produces relationships, uh, like real-life relationships. But it's actually true that, you know, a lot of people, as weird as it might have sound 10 years ago, you know, you meet someone online and become friends. Um, it's it's an absolute thing, you know, that, that people, yeah. you know, at some point say like, oh, man, you, you know, you like this and, and I like it as well. You know, I've read this and you've read it as well. Uh, I think it's a super cool um, way. Also, the I mean, as much as the algorithm of Instagram is criticized, you know, for always showing us only stuff where we already know or we already like, it leads to these uh, connections, you know, because otherwise you would probably see something completely different. Um, you True. might be less interested in. Um, may I ask... You were talking about inspiration. How do you get inspired usually? So um, I know you do a lot of different things. So uh, people that do a lot of different things, they tend to be inspired by different surroundings. But do you have anything specific where you say, okay, this is for me an inspiration when I start working or when I you know, think about projects or anything? So I shoot most days. Um, most of those things never see the light of day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, but um, receiving a brief from a brand can sometimes be very inspiring because it literally triggers you into going um, in research mode and going on Pinterest and just looking for references and just creating mood boards. But sometimes, as I've said before, something very unexpected can be amazingly beautiful. Um, so inspiration um, sometimes is, is something that comes in little um you know, in, in little spontaneous moments. Um, one thing that inspires me a lot is light. So um, unfortunately in the UK, that's a, <laughs> that's a rarity during, yeah. <laughs> during these months. So that's probably why I started noticing even more because growing up in Portugal, being one of the sunniest countries in Europe, mm. you take it for granted how beautiful um, yeah, light can be and how, how it changes your mood. And the different tones of the sky. So now I really, um, every, if I see uh, the forecast and if there's a sunny day, I know I'll be happy on that day. And I know I'll be creating loads on that day. So that's definitely something that is constant. And then apart from that, I think um, feeding from other people, um, saving posts a lot on Instagram. I think that's just such an amazing tool. I think we don't invent anything. Everything is just a, a consequence of all the moments you collect and all the references you collect sometimes i try to recreate something that's already done and then my my um, creation is completely different than my inspiration um but i think it's always a, a consequence of, of of a work that has already already been done um of course you can you can create something out of the blue but i i really believe that saving those images and creating a little bank of of um things that you find interesting um, can be an amazing uh, way of of um, leading your your course because sometimes I'll feel very uninspired and I'll, I'll go to my little folder where I see all the images I 
save, then I think, oh, maybe I could try and do something similar to this. Mm. And then suddenly I'm creating something completely um, unexpected. So that's quite good, having just a little backlog of images that we love. Music is also very inspiring, I guess. What, what type of music you listen to? I have several playlists. My uh, my boyfriend is a, uh, an amazing uh, playlister. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a rare find, you know. Most playlists are not so good. Uh, I, I can share them with you. They yeah, are amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool. Everybody, check out the show notes. We're going to put them in the show notes. Uh, yeah, to let's to do that. to check out the playlists. So I, I'm I'm very romantic, and you were talking about um, meeting people online. So I met Martin on Tinder. Ah, okay, and, on Tinder. And <laughs> six years ago, and he was the only guy I met on Tinder, and I got it right the first time. Perfect. We're gonna get married. So. How cool is that? I know. Okay, if Tinder is listening, you know this could be a great marketing story for you guys. I think so. <laughs> Actually, um, we know someone at Tinder in Germany. I will, I will, I will let them know. Maybe they want to do something with you. I think you should because I have a great success story to tell. Okay. Um, Very good. And lockdown hasn't broken uh, hasn't broken our relationship because That's I know great. it's a challenge spending twenty four people uh, twenty four hours with the same person. Um, but yeah, I was going to say that he made me a, a playlist before I even met him. Hmm. So I knew that was a skill, and that's a skill I really value. <laughs> okay, very cool. Yeah. So, but but what is the what are, what is the music now? Now we have to know. Listening to a Portuguese artist called Carolina Gilange, but you will not know. Oh, but I, I listen to all kinds of things. Um, so I listen to a lot of. Um, I have a lot of uh, music musician friends. I guess because of my brother being in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like all kinds of song, all kinds of genres, hip hop. Um, uh, classical music, uh, kind of indie. Um, I, I love African um, music, as in like um, I, this is probably something that you never heard of. But like Kuduru Kizomba is something that no one listens to. But in no, Portugal, I, I haven't heard of it. And um, because Portugal is one of the most African countries in Europe, we unfortunately um, explored a lot of Africa and. and and did a lot of damage there, but we also have nowadays a, a massive heritage of um, uh, African music. So those uh, uh, those types of uh, genres will will be something everyone in Portugal listens to. I will ask Mariana, our, ma- our head of marketing, uh, if, she, yeah. if she knows it later on. She, you'll be like, "Do you dance kizomba?" <laughs> and she's like, "What? Yes, what I is do. that?" <laughs> um, okay, but she might not like it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I have the players, I'll check it out. Okay. Okay. Um, let me um, let's reverse the question. What What is mm-hmm. for you completely uninspiring? You know, in, in your your work. Mm, good question. Chasing for money. Chasing for money. <laughs> do do a lot of clients not pay their but bills? No, nowadays, because I have an agent, they do that. Um, but when you have to chase for your invoices and when you work as a freelance, sometimes it's 60 days to be paid, sometimes 90 days. So mm-hmm. that's quite annoying. I just don't really like dealing with the business side of things. I just want to create. I don't want to really focus on that. But unfortunately, you do have to pay your bills, so you have to be paid. Yeah, obviously. Is there a service for, for, for creative people, you know, for somebody... You know, if you don't have an agent, which is, I guess, the majority of creative people, that uh, that somebody would, you know, help you as a creative, get your invoice paid, or they pay you the money and, and they get the, the, the money from the client or something? I don't know. I use a thing for invoicing. It's called Wave Invoice, which mm-hmm. is an app. 
but I'm not, it's just an app. It doesn't really chase the money, but it does send reminders to the, Mm -hmm. to the client. So you can schedule a reminder when the invoice is due and it automatically goes to the client. So that can be a, a, probably a useful tool called wave invoicing. Um, And then you can always, if you have the money, you can obviously pay a bookkeeper, but I think that's quite an expense as well. And and most small, medium businesses will probably be doing them. They will be the ones doing that, um, chasing, you know, those kind of clients. Um, But that's uninspiring. Another uninspiring thing, uh, just not having the right light sometimes when you have Mm -hmm. to deliver something and it gets really dark here from 3 p.m., and sometimes that can be very uninspiring, having mm-hmm. to shoot something that you have in your mind and you think, well, this would be amazing with this kind of line. And then it's always gray. And, and that's very disappointing because you have to work with what you have. Um, but uh, sometimes that really puts me off just the I think I'm very sensitive to to the weather. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm becoming too British. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're on the same uh, level here. I'm yeah. based in Hamburg, you know, which is basically the same level as London. So I, I understand what you're what you're talking about. So here it's also raining a lot, uh, which is also uninspiring. But don't you are you using uh, flashlights at all, or you just use natural light? I just use natural light, but okay. I want to in, in invest in some lights, maybe, and mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, that's something I want to invest. Okay. Um, but I think. Because my digital cameras are Leica, and every time I think about investing in anything Leica, it's just so expensive that I, I take a moment and then I think maybe I can just carry on the way I'm I'm doing it right maybe, now. Maybe it's gonna work. I mean, there's there's also a lot of companies out there nowadays, you know, that do like very smart compatible lighting for all types of cameras. You know, that's sure. c- kind of affordable. Maybe um, if somebody's listening here from a lighting company, you know, here's your <laughs> your next deal. Um, exactly. There's okay. a few, um, um, a f- uh, there's a girl from Hamburg that I love, um, an influencer called uh, Lena Lademan. I don't know if uh, you Lina know Lina Lademan, yeah. Yeah, I met her once at, a, well, actually the last job I've done, well, the last press trip I had before um, lockdown. And, and we met in, in Rome and she was really nice. Have you been working together? We went on a job together for Valentino. Okay, cool. Very cool. So that's where we met, and then we just stay in touch by, um, you know, Instagram. Yes, I think she's she's really cool. Also, she's a little bit different uh, from other influencers I know in the in the area. You know, she's very, or I would say, like much more tasteful, much less mm-hmm. lifestyle. If mm-hmm. you understand what I mean. Um, yeah. She's an extremely funny person. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I met her once or twice through a friend. I think she could be an actress too, to be honest. Yes, I will. I will tell her. Yeah, <laughs> okay. but yeah, she has this eye for kind of editorial stuff and hmm. even web design, um, and I find it very inspiring. I'm always saving her stuff. For instance, okay. she's one of the people, one of the girls I will always save and and um, put that in my bank of images. Okay, I'm pretty sure she will be happy to hear that. <laughs> Let's look out um, into the future. Okay. I think in the next couple of months, we will still be, uh, you know, at least in Europe, in, in kind of like a lockdown mode. Uh, things won't change much in the next few weeks, for sure. Um, how do you see the your industry changing from all of this? So um, 2022, 2023, 
How do you think things will be different? Um, I think this year was uh, was interesting um, because it, um, how do I say this? So it's quite, it's been a natural selector. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so I think brands have less money, but they also need us more mm -hmm. than ever because um, the impossibility of working with a big crew mm -hmm. is quite limiting. And, and sometimes uh, working with a big agency um, can take months, you know, for you to release anything because there's so many steps you have to go through. And that's kind of the main shift. I feel like brands are now reaching out influencers, not just as a pretty face that takes a photo and, and uploads mm. it, but also as creatives that are part of the creative process of the campaign. And um, instead of having models and production and all of that, they will reach out to us and will want us to be, you know, doing that job. And that's quite interesting because allows more of a collaboration between us and the brand. And, and also, I think for the brand, it, it's smart because you, you, can, you can have someone that already aligns with the value of the brand um, that you already know that creates content at a level that will be good for you to use in your uh, own promotion. Um, and then that person can do everything by herself. So it makes sense to, to, to have that shift. And I think more than ever, online shopping is booming. Um, also, I don't know if that's, I mean, that's not something I want to be promoting. I, I, I feel like, yes, it is my job to create ad advertising, but I also um, know the world right now is tough and, and people shouldn't just be, you know, um, impulse buying stuff and we nev we need to be more conscious about our purchases um but being this now the way of shopping the way of connecting the way of um the way of creating then it makes a lot of sense that our um, industry will grow even more i think uh, but i also think you have to have quite a bit i don't know you have to find your voice because it's it can be a very crowded and um, I don't know, can be a sea of, of sameness. Mm. And, and it's important to kind of, you know, stick to yourself. I really, um, I try to break the algorithm every once in a while. So I don't see the How? same stuff. Well, I just, I, I visit a lot of pages um, and a lot of things I actually, where I know I, I don't like or I'm not interested in. Uh, for example, mm. um, on the news, so I have I have my 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 places where I get my specific news, where I you know the sources I trust, um, the where I can you know put it into perspective. But I also visit different or visit other news sources just to get you know not the always the same retargeting, uh, not to get uh, always the same ads, so to get something different. Uh, for example. Um, I would say to myself, I'm a little bit more left-leaning. Um, so I, I visited Fox News um, regularly uh, for a while. I started this like three years ago or four years ago. At some point, it was a little bit too much because I was, I was you know, getting weird ads uh, all of the time and I was you know, wanted to get out of there again. Um, but this actually uh, also works on Instagram. So if you for at least for a while follow people or follow things you know you have no association with your algorithm will change and it will give you you know different perspectives on uh, at least in the explore feed uh, which is super super interesting 
Uh, but it's just currently of... all I'm getting is all I'm getting now is tiles um, and sinks and bathtubs because I'm renovating my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've been researching. So I'm only getting, you know, different tiles brands, different taps brands, everything related to the bathroom, which mm. is quite useful. But um, I was actually reading this um, thing about um, a woman that, so basically women don't talk a lot about inf inf um, infertility. Mm -hmm. So imagine a woman that is trying to conceive but can't or has a miscarriage and has for the last month or so have, has been Googling um, stuff related to um, pregnancy. And mm -hmm. then she's bombarded with with ad after ad regarding maternity regarding babies and mm. she is grieving the baby she lost mm. or the baby she couldn't have and that's really sad that's yeah but yeah i'm gonna do what you say and like i don't know different it stuff it's really weird to go to go and like fox news yeah. um posts yeah or like you know big trucks or you know whatever's exactly. out there <laughs> everybody who would like to know more about katarina Uh, you can find a lot of stuff in the show notes. Also, you can uh, check out her blog. Uh, it's katarinamira.com, um, her Instagram and all of the other things she's been uh, doing. Obviously, you can watch some of her films. Um, Katarina, is there one last thing um, you would like to talk about or you would like to say? Um, anything, you know, upcoming projects you would like to talk about? So, yeah, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for... Um, inviting me. I know the guests you have this season are uh, very inspiring, so I'm, I'm grateful to be part of this um, this project. And and yeah, I and regarding uh, projects that will come in the future, there's one project I've been working for uh, the last um, whole year, and it's funny just because I I could have done this before, but um, I needed the world to stop for me to realize that. I can do this and there's no right time um, to start something new and to be in that vulnerable space of, of um, experimenting something that you have no experience um, on. But, you know, um, it's been quite quite interesting to um, to explore other ways of creating. Sorry if I'm being very vague, but I don't want to jinx yeah, the project. Yeah, no problem. I fully understand. I mean, by the time, um, when, when are you going to release this? I hope it's springtime, but I'm not sure. Everybody listening now, we have another episode with Katarina, which is about tips and tricks, opinions, uh, some stuff that will help you uh, in your professional life. And it's uh, very recommendable to also listen to this episode if you have some more time. Otherwise, um, check out the other candidates um, in the lineup. So as Katarina said, it's very inspiring to listen to all of these people, also for myself and for our team, uh, to be honest. Katarina, thank you uh, for your time. Thank you. And uh, I hope we can meet someday in, in person. Yeah. And maybe we also become friends. Uh, who yes. knows? Um, <laughs> I'll uh, give you a call next time I'm in London. Please do. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm really, really grateful for this opportunity. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.